Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact. They're inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Carlin Tapp. Carlin's dad gave him his first camera at age six, and he's been making pictures ever since. He has never considered photography a job. It's his life's work and passion, and it's an incredible journey. He worked his way through college shooting weddings and after graduation took a job as a backcountry ranger for Mount Rainier National Park, documenting changes in the natural environment. He's always appreciated our magnificent landscape and getting paid to photograph it. Amazing. Perhaps being a descendant of the Wacomico tribe, he learned to respect our earth and its life early on. Then in the late 70s, Carlin had the privilege of assisting Ansel Adams for three years. That's where he learned the power of the photograph. A few years later, he enrolled in Arts Center Pasadena to nudge his photography career towards the advertising industry. Soon after, he opened a studio in Seattle, and for the first 25 years, the next 25 years, he photographed food and products for publication. His studio was one of the first to embrace digital photography. He had the unique opportunity to beta test Apple's laptop computers and photography software. In 2005, Carlin and his wife Nancy established a federal 501c3 nonprofit project, Question of Power. The project tells human stories of individuals, families, and communities, stories of unheard voices affected by the extraction, production, consumption, and waste materials of coal in the creation of electricity for America. Carlin's photographs have been used in numerous publications, including Harley-Davidson, Hogg, New Mexico Magazine, Associated Press, and NPR's Living on Earth. He has received grants from the Evergreen Foundation, Atlantic Philanthropies, and the Impact Fund for his social justice work. He is the recipient of the Bunn Lectureship Award. His project work was nominated for the National Geographic All Roads Projects. Carlin has taught workshops nationally and internationally. He has co-instructed National Geographic workshops for 10 years, and his photo essays are syndicated nationally and internationally by Redux Pictures in New York. Welcome to the podcast, Carlin. I'm so delighted to have you here. Thanks, Ursula. It's a pleasure. Thanks for asking well, I, uh, you and I met uh, several years ago at a photography workshop, which you were teaching, and I was so intrigued by the way that your business has evolved over time and the way you've, you've put it all together. Could you talk a little bit about what has brought you to this point and drawn you to create the business in its current form? Well, you know, it's like, it's like for me, it's like an evolution. It's like a journey down a road. Uh, it's like taking a trip. 
you know, you start at one point and you may think you have an end destination, but that end destination isn't really the important thing. It's, uh, as I say, the right along the way. So, you know, I, I started uh, basically uh, doing kind of a street photography and, and photojournalism, evolved that. And, and, and with that, kind of started to develop an understanding of the power of a photograph. And then as I went along, working in different ways, I uh, went, went uh, very commercially, and uh, it was great. Uh, worked with incredible people across the country, if not across the world. And that opened up new views. And then probably a big change for me was uh, when 9-11 happened. I happened to be in New York shortly thereafter. And it kind of changed my view on things. And I kind of came around full circle. And I said, you know, I've been given this gift of photography. And that's the way I look at it. And uh, it's, it's an incredible thing uh, to be able to create an image. And maybe that image has some impact. And so at that point in time, I decided to take my photography in a slightly different direction and bring it back to where it actually started, where I could use a photograph to create a visual awareness of, uh, of, of the world around us. You know, it's, it's kind of like Bob Dylan says. He says, how many ears must a man have to hear what's going on? And how many eyes must he have to see what's going on? And so I think if we can create that visual awareness um, we can we can make a better world for all of us. Well, I know the work that you're doing with your nonprofit is very dear to you. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. That started. Uh, we're in New Mexico here, and so that started um, actually started in the Four Corners area, and just you know, right right in my back backyard. And uh, basically, what happened is that we were just noticed uh, that there were some you know very extreme health issues. And you always hear the old story about, well, there are health issues because people don't eat right and, you know, they, they, they don't live the right lifestyle and all those kinds of things. So we started to dig a little bit deeper and I met people and it's just one of those things of going and meeting people and talking to people and um, found out that, you know, there were some very severe health problems um, because of coal burning power plants, something I didn't really know anything about. Investigated that further. Uh, that led me to working on a whole series of things in the Four Corners. Uh, <laughs> that led me to working across the country, uh, literally all the way across the country, on, on issues that are major health issues that we don't look at too much in this country sometimes. And we don't look at those because they're generally in lower income areas. And so it's easy to neglect that. And so I started to work on that. And the purpose of the work basically is create a voice for the people that don't have a voice. So, you know, 14 years later, and I'm still working on all these different things, but, you know, the work's been used as major um, uh, uh, federal evidence in federal courts uh, for, in litigation uh, to basically bring about uh, 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 civil rights and environmental rights for a lot of people. So, you know, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been amazing because uh, I, I knew what the power of a photograph could be potentially it could be. And I learned that early on, as you mentioned from Ansel. But uh, when I really started to put put it in that direction, I mean, I've even been amazed quite some, quite often, if you know, uh, what the outcomes can be. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a really powerful thing to know that your photographs can have such an influence on people's lives. Is, is it important to you to have that kind of impact with the work that you do? Well, you know, you know, I do the work and I, and, and the most important thing to me are the communities I'm working within, you know, and so if the photographs can have 
some some influence in that you know i'm i'm overjoyed basically you know it's not it's not so much the purpose i can honestly say that when i go out to work the the, the purpose is like a deeper core it comes from a thing where i say where i see something and i know it's unjust i know that you know that's that shouldn't be happening in the united states shouldn't be happening in this country and so you know it's a matter of it's a matter of looking at those issues first and then asking myself okay how can i use my camera to maybe draw an awareness and that's all i really care about doing I'm not trying to change anything you know i make it really clear in the beginning i'm not an environmentalist i'm not an activist i'm a photographer and a documentary photographer and i follow in the footsteps of dorothea lang eugene smith you know uh, people who use that camera uh, to to create that awareness and you know when we create the awareness the only we have choices here and I always feel like if someone doesn't know something's going on then I I can't be upset at that I can't you know I can't be upset at them uh, all I can do is say listen you know here's some pictures here's what's happening you know do you care about it you know or do you not care about it and I got to tell you, when people see it, they care about it. You know, the world's full of good people. It's just a matter of of uh, educating sometimes. Yeah, it's um, I, I, I I love the way you're talking about this because it has a very kind of peaceful quality about it, rather than seeing something wrong that you're trying to fix. This is more about creating awareness and then there's space for people to respond in whatever way is right for them. Does that capture it? Yeah, I'd say that's, you know, you nailed it a thousand percent. Yeah, that's it. That's It's, it's pretty simple, you know, and it's not, uh, and so, you, you, you know, it's almost to the point that you can take it or leave it. But in, in, in most cases, I find that people respond to it because they say, wow, really didn't know that was going on. We all, we all have a, a good social conscience. You know, I mean, I think, but I think it, that's, I also feel like um, that's a responsibility of an artist. And, and, and you can use art and define art in photography, however you want to do that. But you can use the medium to, uh, to, to draw that awareness. And I think that's, that's uh, you know, the people have done that before me that I have so much respect for. And I've just tried to kind of follow in those footsteps in the truest possible way. You know, granted, I'm a photographer. I can point my camera at anything and I can tell you a story that would go 15 different directions. But my goal is to point it in the most honest way I can. And so, you know, it's never probably 100 percent, but I really work and, and use that as a as a as a key point I try to uh, to get to. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned um, several mentors that you have, including Ansel Adams. What, who, what, what do you feel is the, the the impact that working with those people or or seeing their work or being inspired by their work? What impact have they had? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Always, as you get a little bit older, and you start to really kind of sort those things through. Because I was a really young photographer when I had that opportunity, which was incredible. Um, and it's like anything. And I tell uh, students in workshops today that I teach, I said, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, you know, you're going to go, ah, aha. <laughs> That's what that, you know. And uh, it's uh, like one of those aha moments. And um, I think the, um, the, the, one of the key things that I always carry with me, particularly from Ansel, was he said, you know, he said, I made the photographs for myself. And he said, I made them because I felt an emotional response. And he said, 
I share them with other people. Some people get it. That's great. Others don't get it. That's okay too, because there'll be enough there who will get it. And so I think that has probably been a credo that I've carried with me um, all these years. You know, I make the photographs from my own emotional response. And some people will get it and some people won't, but that's okay. And that's kind of the, the crux of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I know that you're now mentoring other people and having an impact on on them, and uh, I, I've felt that as well in working with you. So um, it's a it's a powerful kind of coming full circle in a way of of uh, of you now playing that role as well. Well, you know, it's interesting because a good friend of mine uh, on one of the on one of the pueblos here, um, <clears throat> San Domingo Pueblo, and you know, he told the story. You know, that his father shared with him. His father was a singer of the songs at the pueblo. He kept the songs. And um, he said, you know, when you enter this journey on, on Mother Earth, you, empty it, you, you enter it with an empty bag. And as you go along, you fill that bag up. And, you know, there's some things in that bag that, you know, you definitely don't want to be carrying the entire journey. And so you kind of sort that out. But it, there's still, you know, a lot of different things in that bag that, that you pick up and you carry along. The goal, the goal is that when you finish the journey, the bag is empty again. Right. I love that. What an amazing metaphor. I really resonated with that, especially the part about not carrying some things with you the whole way and uh, ending up with the bag empty. So, yeah. I uh, I know that uh, uh, your your work comes out of what feels important to you is – is the work that you do a reflection of the values that you hold? I, I've been asking people this because I think that the things that we uh, hold dear, the things that are most important to us are what consciously or unconsciously help us decide the work we do and how we do it. And I wonder if you have reflected on that and uh, what your thoughts are on, on how your values might have informed your work along the way. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about that. I say yes, <laughs> uh, okay. but uh, you know, it goes back to goes back to an expression my dad used to share. Says, you know, you are what you eat. <laughs> and, uh, and and absolutely, I mean, you know, uh, my love of being on the road, and which I do love, and, and and right here at home, right here in the in the USA. I mean, there's so much to see and experience. You know, that, that comes from my, my, my dad's uh, every summer road trips in the car, loading them up, you know, taking us out, seeing the country, seeing how different people live, you know. And so all of those things. And, and I think one thing that was probably, in, you know, looking back when I was uh, obviously, uh, you know, a child was the fact that, you know, what's right and what's not right, you know, and, you know, as simple things as standing up for somebody who's being bullied on the playground, you know, and saying, Hey, what's up with that? You know, uh, that's, that's not right. And I think we, we're so fearful today of, of saying anything, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's important. And I think those are, those are core principles. Those are core principles. I know that, that I was taught, I go back to my heritage. I mean, my, my, my grandfather many years, many times back was standing up for his people, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think it's a, 
a core principle that that uh, is just part of your DNA, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, I know we spoke a little bit about um, the the history, the legacy that you have in your ancestry, and it's uh, it's a really powerful example. It sounds like for you. Yeah, absolutely, and and um, you know, and, and I think as I you know have worked in more areas and, and we've done a lot of different things with the, um, with the 501 C three. Um, we've done, we have a whole educational unit we've done. I've worked up on Pine Ridge, um, up at wounded knee, uh, a lot over on the reservation, a lot in Oklahoma. And you see, you know, what these different things are and you, and you know, you, you don't have to, you know, have any kind of heritage, any particular heritage, you just take a step back and see what's right and what's wrong, you know, and uh, what's the basis of our country? What's the basis of our philosophy? Where did we come from? How did things get established? And are those are those things still following through today? And I mean, I think those are the things you start to look at. And you look at them in business, you look at them in your daily life, uh, you look at them in your relationship with individuals, um, you know, how do I want to be treated? I think, you know, one of the key things that I always share, particularly in the workshops I teach with students, particularly if we're doing a portrait a workshop or something, where we're photographing people, we're making pictures of people, other individuals. And I say, put yourself on the other side of the camera. How do you want to be treated? You know, how do you want to be respected? How do you want to be approached? And, and I think it's so important and that relationship holds through. And I found out, you know, in, in working in these communities across this in the last 12 years for me, I've been the best 12 years of my life, you know, no, 12, That's great. Years. No, no doubt about it. And I, because I have had the opportunity to go into communities and, and, and engage with people and go to homes where people have literally nothing, but they want you to stay and have some bean soup for lunch mm-hmm. with you know, share every last little bit they have. And it's how you engage with those people, how they engage with you. It's a relationship that we, we have, you know, another thing is a good friend of mine up in the Navajo nation. He says, you know, he said, we have this circle, you know, and it's, it's like until, and, and that circle gets broken, but we have to make sure that that circle is continuous because when it's continuous, it means that we're engaging with everyone around us. We're, we're taking into consideration their, their, you know, what happened in their life today, what happened in their business today, you know? And, uh, so it's, you know, it, it, it's not complex. It's really pretty simple. It's my wife always says, yeah, it's pretty black and white. <laughs> and, and that's one of your specialties. Yeah. I can obviously, obviously relate to that. <laughs> That's great. Is that something that you talk about, these things that you value? Is it something that you talk about in marketing your your nonprofit? And, you know, perhaps you don't think about it in terms of marketing, that you're you're just telling stories. I, can we explore that a little bit? Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's marketing at all. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not in the truest sense of marketing that I did when I had the commercial studio, in other words. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, and yet, in some ways it is because, you know, I was, I was really proud of the fact, you know, I shot for like 25 years in the studio and a tremendous, my main focus was food photography, which was incredible. I loved it. But, you know, I had long-term clients. I had clients, the same clients for 25 years. Mm-hmm. 
And those are relationships. Those are things that you build, you know, and, and, and it's, 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 it's respect, it's confidence, it's trust, um, all of those kinds of things. And so, you know, I'm, I, I guess my, my best answer or to, to that is that I just kind of carried that whole philosophy forward. And, you know, you market different commercially. I mean, you know, and when you have a 501c3, we've done fundraisers and things like that, um, you know, to help, help fund the projects and things, um, apply for grants. And, and it's a little different, different way of looking at it. But in some ways, there are complete similarities as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've- as you know, this this topic of impact is a big one for me, and the way I define it is having a making a positive contribution in whatever form that is. It doesn't have to be some huge thing. It can be. It can also be in the many small ways that you choose to treat people within your your business, your organization, and and outside of it. Do you feel that the way that you work with people and the the way you interact with uh, with people is is that part of the impact that you have? And how how do you feel that you you impact people in the work that you're doing now in its current form? Well, you know, number one, the the the, the goal at the very top, of course, is to get a, a voice out for these people who don't have a voice, and that's hard for some people to understand. You know, you think, oh, why is it that way? You know, well. It's that way because maybe they're very low income communities. Maybe they've been suppressed for a long time period, you know, and maybe, maybe they don't know how to get their voices out. So, you know, you can have that impact. Um, I'll never forget, uh, I had done a, a bunch of work that ended up in, um, in, um, federal court, 10th district court in Colorado. And when the elders who were from the reservation came in, and it was it was because they were having their land taken away from them, actually illegally, and uh, under under a broken treaty. And when the elders came in, you know, I had made photographs of them. I had done audio recordings. Those audio recordings um, had been transcribed. And the first thing the judge said is, "Oh, I know you. I know you from the pictures and from what you've told me already." Mm-hmm. You know. And it had this, it, it set this precedent, you know, for that whole, that whole situation. And so sometimes, sometimes what I've found out, it's like providing some hope for some people. And, you know, just, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, in, or, or opening up an avenue, you know, it's not about, it's not about me. And it's really not about the photographs are the tool. The photographs can be the vehicle, you know, uh, for doing it where I'm working on a current situation in Oklahoma where the, the photographs are now have now brought an awareness where the Center for Disease Control is going to come in and look at the health issues. Okay. Wow, that's great. And, and so those are the kinds of things, you know, those are the kind of impacts. And, and so here, and the, the other thing that happens, and it, as I said before, you know, it's, it's, it's the relationships, it's the trust, it's really the trust. Um, you know, in the commercial world, you know, same clients for 25 years, knew them well, talked to them all the time, saw their kids born, grown, you know, go to college. Right. Oh, it was great. In the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the work I'm doing now in these communities, I mean, the people call me every week. You know, I mean, I, you know, we have, we're on really close basis. You know, I've seen 
families born. I've seen I've seen so many many people passing away. You know that shouldn't be passing away because of health issues. But you become engaged with that. You know, and so you say, well, let me let me just see what I can find here. You know, and I do believe I'm a big believer that if you put it out there, um, I'm a really big believer in this one. You put it out there, uh, and 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 you know. In my way, thing the grandfathers are gonna are, know that you're working on something, and you're gonna get some support from them. And that's happened to me every single time. Mm. I'm a I'm a I'm a walking, you know, <laughs> proof that that works. You know, so I think I think when we work towards positive things in business, no matter what the business is, no matter what the relationships are, um, but we we work in a positive way. You know, you're going to have problems. You're going to have things come up in business. I mean, I, I did this big photo shoot one time and I had a commercial and I and I had a brand new assistant. And uh, uh, we shot, shot the photograph, the chef and had food stylists come in and do this whole thing. So it's kind of, you know, major production kind of deal. And uh, and uh, <laughs> we finished and it was the first day this assistant had worked with me. And so we finished and I, I said to him, I said, go out and have coffee with the client, you know, and, and, uh, come back. And, and we were shooting what was called four by five film at that time. And, and it had film holders where single sheets of film had to be loaded into these holders. Then you expose them in the camera. And so I come back and, and, and my poor assistant, he's like pure white and he's like ringing wet. And I'm thinking, my God, he's having a heart attack or something. And so I said, Kevin, what's wrong? He says, are oh, you not going to believe what happened? I said, what happened, buddy? He says, I didn't put any film in the holders. Oh, my. oh no. We shot, we shot empty holders. And, I, and I'm kind of got, yeah, right. And he goes, no, we shot empty holders. And he says, I'm done. He says, I, I'm going to leave town. And I said, don't worry about it. Let's get it right. So I immediately called my client. And I, she knew I never called her, like, you know, right afterwards. Left her, at that time, there was a voice, voice message at her office. She called me back and I said, Amy, we got a problem. I said, you know, we had some issues with the film. Let me let me restage this thing. No cost to you guys. I'll just restage it and get it done. You know, so we did that. They came in. We restaged it. And and I told um, this young guy who was my assistant, I said, I said, you know what? Um, I was telling you how I loaded those holders. I said, I want you to develop your own method of doing it. Because when he explained to me, this is he got confused. I said, I don't care. That's your job. You, you run with. Well, a quick ending to a long story is that he worked with me for nine more years. Wow. Still, still my best friend, and and went on to have his own studio. And and we never we never we never skipped a beat after that point in time because I said that's your responsibility. It's okay, you know. These things happen would have done me no good to blow up, would have done me no good to to to, you know, make a bit make a big deal out of it other than say, you know, there's two sides to every pancake, as my wife says. And I said, my side wasn't cooking with your side. So cook your pancake the way you need to. And that's cool. You know, wow. I, Carlin, I, this so speaks to you and the, who you are that you would, uh, not only right from the beginning, just say, you know, hold it. I'm not firing you. 
let's just redo the thing and and uh, move forward. I mean, what an incredible impact you had on that young man and uh, just in the aspects of forgiveness and just accepting what's happened and moving forward from that. It's, uh, it's kind of a stunning story because I'm, I'm sure that was a significant cost to you. You know, you know, you know, but, but the, the, the positive point is, I mean, we worked the next nine years together as he was, I would always, I told him in the very beginning, I said, okay, one thing, never be late. You know, that was my, that was my line. I said, mm-hmm. I said, never be late when we've got either working on location or meeting at the studio or we're just opening up the studio for the day for a job. You know what? No matter what I did, I could never beat him to the studio <laughs> for nine years. He was always there before I was. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm <laughs> so, sure. Oh, see, it just, you know, it's just part of it. Just part of it. Yeah, I'm sure it was incredibly empowering for him. And uh, how great that you're still so deeply connected after that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. One um, of the things that I know about you, and, and you haven't specifically talked about it, is the these motorcycle rides that you do cross country. And I, I love seeing these photos of you and your Harley. And your, uh, tell, tell us more about that and how that ties in with the, the work that you're doing. You, you talked about you love being on the road and, and uh, yeah, talk a bit about that. Sure. You know, well, I'm a long time writer. I mean, I, I started writing <laughs> many moons ago. But uh, anyway, it was it was kind of interesting because uh, it was like 2011. Um, we decided that we needed to do a, a fundraiser for the foundation. So I was like kicking around ideas. And I don't know. One morning I said to Nancy, I said, you know what? I ought to take the bike. And, you know, I traveled Route 66 a a lot when I was a kid with my with my family, and uh, I said I'm I'm, I'm going to go in and I'm going to ride Route 66 and just do a mileage pledge thing and see what we can do and have some fun with it, and so we did that. <laughs> it was the year of the tornadoes and Joplin and you know all that crazy stuff. And oh, yeah, I had, to, I had to take shelter like half a dozen times, and and I ended up actually I ended up because of the conditions and everything. I actually rode it twice because I rode from New Mexico to um, Chicago and then Chicago back to to california and california back again but anyway it was very successful it was a lot of fun and 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 there was a great fundraiser to to help us with our projects and and for me writing is just like a way i kind of clear my head i mean it's really important because there's a anybody who you talk to who rides is there's a real freedom that that you get from it and i'm and i again i'm an old school rider i don't ride big fancy bikes i i don't have a windshield i mean i'm really old school rider and so you know, I did this Route 66 thing, and and and, um, and then my wonderful wife, she, I went along and I did prints and books for all the donut donors and everything. And and she said to me one morning, she said, you know, you've got all those photographs. You should send them to Harley Davidson and see if they don't want to do a story because they do a they do a magazine that goes out to about a, over a million people around the world. Mm-hmm. And um, and I said, no, they don't. They don't. Uh, they don't take unsolicited manuscripts. I said, I've looked at the magazine, you know, to see. Mm-hmm. So a couple of days go by, we're having a breakfast. She goes, you know, you ought to do that story. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, no, they, you know, re- re- repeat performance again. And so then about the third or fourth time, she kept on me. And, and I said, okay, here's the deal. And she's a really good writer. And I and she writes a lot. And, uh, and, she, and I said, okay, you know, let's just cut to the chase on this. You write the letter of inquiry and 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 and. 
put it on my computer in, in an email and I'll hit the send button. But that's, <laughs> that's as far as I'm going. Right. And so we did that. About two seconds later, now maybe it was a minute, I got an auto responder that said, we do not accept unsolicited stories. Right. And so I said to her, I said, okay, are we done with this? She goes, yeah, okay, for now. So almost a year goes by, and I'm up in Montana working on a project I call the China Express about shipping all our coal to, uh, to uh, China and India. Mm. Middle of the winter, and my phone rings. And uh, this voice says, says hi, Carlin. I'm just Harley Davidson, Carlin. Um, uh, we want to publish that story of yours. And I'm going, what are they talking about? You know, I didn't, I, I didn't, I couldn't connect with it. So anyway, long story short, we did, they published that story and enjoyed it. And then they contacted me about starting to do some major feature stories for the magazine. And so I've been doing those. And so, um, and, and they asked me to pitch a concept and my concept has been the, the uh, blue highways across America. So that's like, you know, obviously route 66, but highway 50, highway 93, highway two, highway 20, what used to be these classic roads that would go either north to south or, or east to west all the way across the country. And, and along some of those routes still are some of the most incredible pieces of Americana. So I've been documenting that in stories and I, I do that. And then I do some private tours for um, uh, people from outside the country that uh, are interested in sections of Route 66 here through New Mexico. And I set up trips for them. And then we have a new project that we're starting um, uh, that we're calling. Uh, it's going to run under the foundation. We're calling a project uh, sidecar. And I'm setting up an old classic uh, Harley right now with a with a old fashioned sidecar. And we're going to do a. Uh, free rides at different events for uh, vets with uh, a PTSD and uh, that are in military suicide uh, programs and things like that. So kind of try to make an impact um, on their lives in different ways. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's kind of the, 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 the long version. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm guessing the Harley article got published and, uh, and, and uh, what was the response? No, it was great response, and then that's led to just continuous features. You know, I, I, I did Highway 50 across the country for them. I did 395, and then coming up in September, I'm doing what's called Border to Border. I'm going from Nogales, uh, Arizona, Mexico, in other words, up to the Canadian border. Oh, wow. And, and all on, on, like, 93 is an old blue highway as well. So, yeah. you know, you have, and so I stop, and I... I meet people in these communities and talk to them and make photographs and, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a great thing. And it's a piece of America that we kind of forget with the interstates and the way we live today and Mm -hmm. air travel and everything else. It's just, it's a different, different thing. Yeah. Well, the area that I live in is, is kind of famous for um, amazing rides of curved mountain roads and uh there here's another here's another potential topic for your for upcoming is uh there's a dragon's tail i think is one of them and know it well yes yeah yes yes, yeah and and a lot of towns that are just fascinating along the way so i know what you mean about these little bits of americana that are are tucked away that people most people don't know about so yeah is along the way i mean you do a lot of traveling and you are involved in um sounds like you're involved in in court cases as well as 
you know, doing work locally is how are the ways that you are looking after yourself in this sense? I, I, I ask this, this of people too, because I think when we're so passionate about something and really involved in it, it's easy to kind of forget and overcommit and really kind of run ourselves down. Are, are there specific things that you do that help you kind of keep your energy up and, and allow you to continue with this work? Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I think, uh, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I mean, my wife is, is an incredible chef. She did a restaurant and, and we eat really good. I mean, we eat really healthy and I mean, really healthy and, uh, it's just good. And I stay in shape, you know, and I do about three miles every morning just walking and cause we kind of live out in the country here. So it's nice if, if that's, if I'm at home, you know, if I'm, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, I, I do a little weight program, a couple of weights, a couple of days a week, you know, and, and, uh, and, and then I, I do stuff, you know, I mean, I do stuff. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't stop on things. Um, for me, you know, if I get, if it, if it kind of like, okay, I just need a break. I've been sitting in front of the computer now for like, you know, eight hours straight and um, <laughs> get the bike out of the garage and just, cause I'm out in the country and just go for a nice little ride out on the country road, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's very refreshing. I mean, we do a lot of things. I mean, we have a couple of great spots around here. In the more more so in the fall and the winter, we have Ojo Caliente, which is a hot natural hot springs. We go up there and soak our bones, you know. And we do we do nice things. Like yesterday, we just went up in the mountains and uh, and hiked back in the hills a ways, uh, you know, in the streams and the trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's that balance which is really important. You know, um, and so I think with age and <laughs> a little experience and you learn to, uh, you, you learn to, you learn to balance things out. But, you know, it's like, I just, um, you know, I, I, I love the thought of, you know, um, um, not rusting out. I mean, you know, it's, it's like Hunter Thompson talks about, you know, what do you want to do? Sit around, basically, you know, to quote him is sit around and have your, and end up in, you know, like some kind of shape or you just want to go out in a cloud of dust and go, wow, what a ride it was, you know, well, I'm, I'm looking for the ride. So, <laughs> so it's a balance, but it's a balance, you know, it's a balance. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a late night person. I'm an early morning person. So I'm up and going, but you know, I'm in uh, I read and relax in the evening and you know, it's, it's a, ba- it's definitely a balance between all those things. So I think sometimes, um, you know, in business and things like that, and particularly, uh, you know, if you're an independent entrepreneur, um, it's, it's tough because, you know, you're calling your hours and you're calling your time. And, um, so, you know, and you get to a point or I've gotten to a point at least where, you know, what's important and what's not important, you know, and if something's not going, you know, in a certain way, am I going to spend a lot of time trying to force that to happen or something? And I'm not going to do that. You know, if it's, if it's working, it's flowing. That's one thing I've learned over the years. If it's working right, if it's supposed to be going that way, then it just keeps, yeah, you're going to bounce up, you know, against a, a few rocks in the road. But, uh, but you know, you're still going to be able to, to keep the whole thing moving in a smooth way. It's important to take a break, you know. I mean, I take a break. It's important to take a break, yeah. you know. Yeah, and you're in such beautiful natural spaces, too. It's, uh, it, it's really rejuvenating to be out in that as well. Yeah. Is there particular insight or advice that you would give to another entrepreneur, someone who's working in uh, an environment of work they love and are passionate about? What, what would you share with them in terms of how can 
if they're asking themselves, how can I be a positive influence? How can I um, have impact in a way that's meaningful for me? Is there, is there something you would share with them? Sure. And that would be just draw a line straight from your heart to your work, you know, to what you feel passionate about. And, you know, the rest will take care of itself. Uh, I love that. Uh, that statement, drawing a line straight from your heart to your work. That's uh, that's a really powerful phrase. I've never heard anyone express it that way. Well, thank you so much, Carlin. I, uh, I've really enjoyed talking with you as always. And I, I think that the despite your kind of low key approach around just bringing awareness, bringing things into awareness for people that you're, you're having a tremendous impact that you're reaching out in ways that others haven't and that you're, you're really making connections and maintaining these amazing relationships over time. And, and the way you've chosen to conduct yourself in your business in its previous form and now has in itself a huge impact for people. So Thank you for the work that you do in the world and for sharing that with us today in the podcast. Oh, well, thank you for asking me. I just uh, enjoyed talking to you and, uh, and sharing a few, few thoughts with everyone. Thank you very much. Great. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Probably uh, the email is uh, uh, carlin at carlintap.com. And, 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 and I always tell my students this and everybody I contact with, if I don't get back to you within 10 minutes, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, may, I, I could possibly be someplace where, you know, they say they have Wi-Fi, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so so, uh, so anyway, the email is, is, is definitely the best way. And, you know, that's on the website, too. And that's just carlintap.com. Great. Okay. Well, thank you, Carlin, again for uh, for talking with me today of uh it's, it's been a great pleasure to have you here my pleasure thank you so join us for more podcasts on impact subscribe to the work alchemy podcast channel on itunes or stitcher radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available thank you to everyone listening for being here and until next time to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact Join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.